2023, how about it? It's gonna be a good year. It's gonna be a great year. 2023. You know, as um, I was preparing this message, actually prior to preparing this message, one of the things that spurred this on was this thought of how many times I've been in a conversation where we've talked about the fact that 2023 better be better than 2022. Have you guys been in multiple conversations that basically start something like that? 2022, it's over. 2023, here we come. And it kind of got me thinking a little bit and got me a little bit concerned actually because I feel like in many ways, we've almost held 2023 in a bit of a ransom. Like you better be good or else. (laughs) But what if, hear me out, what if 2023 is not so good? What if, what if it didn't get better? What are we gonna do? And so last week, Hades hit us hard, first Sunday of the year, and he talked about bitterness and offence and how we had to forgive. Be offence-free. Man, that was a good start to the year. Straight in there, eh? Straight in there. (laughs) And so I thought I'd follow that up with a message on suffering. (laughs) I don't know what God is doing, but honestly, I wrestled with this message. I was like, really, God? It's the second Sunday in. He's like, Renee, you need to speak what I ask you to speak. So I said, okay. So here I am. (laughs) And so we're in a series called Flow and the whole idea around flow is, is what it would look like to live where, where there's like an ease in our life, where, where the Spirit is able to flow through our lives and, and the root of that being practice, practices that encompass a pure heart. And so today I'm gonna be looking at what it would look like to have that practice of a pure heart but in the arena of hardship and suffering. I think we can all agree that actually there is a natural flow that comes out of the good times. You know, when things are good, there's a flow. It's just, we're in default. It's things are good, we're all good. But when we're in a time of hardship, it's just a little bit more difficult to be in that flow. And so I think it's really important that we address that and that we have a conversation around hardship and suffering and what it looks like to remain faithful in that place. There's a theological word that would describe what it looks like to follow Jesus, not just in His good days, but also in His bad days. And that is cruciformity. And that comes from the idea of the crucified Christ. See, we're not just following Jesus and and every day that He lived was just this awesome day. We're following Jesus that went to the cross, was crucified for each one of us. And so we need to learn what it looks like to follow Jesus in the ways that He approached suffering and pain and hardship. And so this is the practice of cruciformity. You know, um, I was thinking the other day about when, 
my children were little or actually still really now because I'm a mum and I'll always be a mum. And, you know, like chasing my kids around with a needle because they had a splinter in their foot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, if you just sit down, hold still, let me get this needle into your foot, it'll be all over really quick. If you just stop squirming and kicking me, it would be really helpful. It would be done and dusted. You would be splinter free and my goodness, you'll feel a whole lot better. And if you don't let me get this needle out and into your foot, it's gonna get a whole lot worse. Like that splinter could get infected and things could go south really quick. And so just sit there and, and hold still. And I thought I wondered that that might be how God feels sometimes when He sees us in hardship and sees us in suffering. And He might even say, hey, just, just sit there, just be still, just, just hold still. It's gonna be okay. Let me just, let me just get some of that splinter out of your life. Let me just help you out. Let me just use this to just remove some things that are causing blockages in your life. Just, just hold still, just let me do my work. And I wonder how often God would look at our suffering and, and be speaking like that to us. You know, I was thinking about Michelangelo and how he was, I mean, we know him, right? And he was a, an amazing artist and he was a sculptor. And he, he would say that the way, before he started sculpting, the way he saw it was he would see this block of marble. And what he was looking at, he didn't actually see the block of marble. What he saw was the person that he was gonna sculpt that would come out from that marble. And so he would get the hammer and the chisel and he would start to chisel away the marble and as he did that, this person would emerge from this marble. See, he didn't see the marble, the block of marble first. He saw the person that would emerge from this block of marble. And I think that that's what God, how God sees us. He doesn't see us as a block of marble. He sees us who we can become. He sees us for who He's created us to be. He sees us in, in all the goodness of God radiating through us because we've, we've been through some stuff. We've had some hammering and some chiseling in our lives that has enabled us to emerge in the fullness of how God has created us to be. Free from everything that has held us back in our lives. Before I go any further, I wanna just put out a disclaimer and let everybody know that God is not the source of suffering. It's really important that we get that right at the beginning of this message. God is not the source of suffering. See, we live in a fallen world. You would have heard that before. We live in a fallen world. See, it was a, it was a humanity thing. It was really our fault that sin entered into this world. Right back in the Garden of Eden, when, when it was humanity that invited sin in, and as the world has gone on, it's been the collection of poor decisions that has allowed sin to continue to operate in this world. Maybe it's somebody else in our lives that is, that is their sin has caused harm to us, or maybe it's 
our personal sin that has caused harm to us. But we need to know from the get-go that God is not the source of suffering. He may use it for good in our lives, but He's not the source of it. He doesn't conjure up a whole lot of suffering to punish us. He may use suffering and hardship to discipline us, but that is different. To bring us correction so that we would be able to live free and be all that we can be, free of the sin that is holding us back and holding us trapped to a life that is leading to destruction. So He may use it, but He's not the source of it. And that's really important. I wanna all go to the Bible now. We're going to go to Mark chapter nine. And um, in this passage, I believe that, that, that there is a prayer in this passage that is the most important prayer that we can pray as a Christian, as a Christ follower. And so we're gonna go to chapter nine and we're gonna pick it up from verse 17. And why don't you follow along with me? It'll be on the screen too. Says, a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and stood him up. Can you hear the desperation of the father here in this passage? We can see a whole lot of suffering in this boy. We can see that he is suffering, he is in pain. But we can also see that it's affected beyond just the boy and the desperation of the father and the family that have probably time after time been plucking him out of the fire and the the waters. And so there's a desperation, there's a suffering that the father is also in. And that often is the case when one person is affected by something extreme, the family, the the people around that person can be suffering with them. And we see this father suffering with his boy. You know, there's so much we can pull out of this passage, but I just, there's two things that I think are really crucial 
for what we can, how we can respond to suffering. And the first thing we can actually find in verse 22, where the desperate dad says this, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And then Jesus says, if you can, hold up. I am Jesus. Have you seen all those miracles that I have done up until this moment and you're telling me if I can help you? He's Jesus. But how often do we see our circumstance? Do we see this situation and feel so overwhelmed or intimidated by it that when we approach Jesus, we say things like, if you can help us. We approach Jesus not with a certainty and a knowledge of who He is, but with this lens of our circumstance in front of us. What sometimes can end up happening is that we can minimise God as we maximise our circumstance. And we can, we can reduce the power of God to something smaller than what we're facing. And so what I want us to learn from this, and this is the first thing if you're taking notes to write down, is that we need to trust in God's sovereignty. We need to trust in God's sovereignty. Deuteronomy 5 verse 15 says this, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Remember, remember. The Hebrew word for remember here in this verse is zakah. And what that means in Hebrew is we remember in order to act. See, in the English dialect, we might be thinking of it more like to recall a memory, right? Just to remember, just to recall a memory. But in Hebrew, this means that we would remember something in order to act. Kind of like, oh, I remember that I've left my handbag at home. I'm gonna turn around my car and go back and get it because I'm gonna need it. So we've remembered something in order to act. And here, what, what um, in Deuteronomy, what this verse is saying to the Israelites is like, hey, remember what I did for you when I led you out of slavery by my mighty outstretched hand. And yes, you may be facing some giants right now, but remember, and remember why? Not just so you can recall it, but to bring action. Remember so that you can have faith for your present situation. It's remember so that you can trust God for what you are going through now. Remember so that you can have faith. And that's so important for us. When we wanna trust in God's sovereignty, we need to remember what He's already done. We need to remember what He's done in our lives or maybe in our friends' lives, our family's lives, or maybe what we read about in His Word. That we would remember the power of God. And when we're facing trials and suffering and hardship, 
we would come to Him with faith and trust that He is all-powerful and He is all-knowing and He is mighty. And so we remember and then we have faith and we trust. You know, the Israelites' mistake was that they couldn't see like God sees. They couldn't see with a godly vision. You see, the Israelites had faced so many things up until this point already. They had Pharaoh's army racing behind them to take them out. They had the Red Sea in front of them that they needed to get across to escape. They were in the desert where there was no water and they were worried they were gonna die of thirst. And then they went into the wilderness where there was no food and they were worried they were gonna die of hunger. But you see, God, what He did is He destroyed Pharaoh's army. He parted the Red Sea. He drew water out of a rock in the desert and He rained manna in the wilderness. That is what He did. And so when they're facing the giants which are protecting the land they're supposed to enter into, they had forgot what He had done and they were not seeing the giants as the way God was seeing the giants. 1 John 4 verse 4 says this, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because, listen to this, this is our promise, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater. That will hold us in hardship. That kind of perspective will help us to stand firm and faithful to God. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 to 18 says this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, this is a promise for us here as well. He's saying that your light and momentary troubles, they're gonna pass. And actually the eternal glory that you will receive will far outweigh them all. It says that He is gonna give us a supernatural vision, not just to see the seen, but to see the unseen. And so He is gonna give us an ability to see with an eternal perspective to be able to look at our situation and say, God, what are You wanting to do right here? Lord, what are You wanting to do with me through this and in this? Lord, what is the purposes that You are trying to outplay through this hardship and this suffering and this pain? Lord, help me to see like You see. Help me to see with an eternal perspective because that kind of eternal perspective will hold you in that suffering. Romans 8 verse 28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. God uses our suffering for good. He uses our suffering for good. He's never up in heaven panicking over it. He's not worried. 
See, we're, we're in our situation and we're feeling overwhelmed and He's like, hey, just, just hold on. I'm about to move. It's gonna be okay. I'm with you. I'm not gonna leave you. I've got you in this. You're gonna be okay. I am gonna use this for good. You will see. It may not be what you want. It may not be what you see, but I can tell you this, for everyone who loves me, I will use it for good. We can read about Joseph in Genesis and I, I would recommend you do, go and read his story. It's incredible. And, and we see this guy that was betrayed by people that he should have been able to trust. And then he went through hell over and over and over and over again. He lived a, through a horrendous life, but we see a man that was held steadfast in the love of his Father in heaven. And he never left God through it all. And because he stayed faithful to the things of God, because he stayed faithful to God, he came out the other side. And we can read towards the end of Genesis that he says, you meant this for harm in my life, but God had a plan all along. And He intended to use this to position me as this leader of this most prominent nation. And so God had a plan and He was gonna use all of the hardship that Joseph endured for good to position him, to position him. God will use our hardship for good if we just stay with Him if we stay faithful and we don't give up on Him, we don't exit through the back door because we get disillusioned and, oh Lord, you know, why have you forsaken me? Where are you in this? Where have you gone, God? And so we, we start to distance ourselves because we feel hurt and we start to push the things of God away because we're disillusioned but God is calling us to be people that will say, no matter what comes my way, I will trust You, God. And I will see that You are working this out for good to achieve Your purpose, to achieve Your purpose here on earth. You know, sometimes we might fear suffering. Sometimes we might fear suffering. But when we overcome fear through suffering, that is often the beginning of our full usefulness for God. And it is through suffering, it is through hardship that we often find ourselves being able to break down through those walls of fear that would hold us back. And we would be able to stand with God through thick and thin, trusting in Him the whole way through. That we would be a people that would gather the strength to stand that we would be a people that would look into that rubble and see the gold that God is trying to produce in our lives and in the lives of people around us. That we would be a people that would stay faithful to the Lord. It goes on to say in, in Mark 9, everything is possible for those who believe. You know, it's so important for us to interpret this verse right. 
It's not saying everything will come to pass that you want because it's all possible. It's saying everything is possible for those who believe, but according to the will of God. Will you surrender to the will of God no matter what it looks like? No matter how long it takes? No matter how painful it can be? Will you trust Him? Will you have faith? Jesus, before He went to the cross, crying, it says, out tears of blood. Lord, take this cup of suffering from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And He went and walked right into the suffering that He asked God to take from Him. And because He did that, we are here today with an absolutely beautiful ability to have a relationship with our Father in heaven because He stayed faithful to what God was using and outworking through His suffering. You know, faith is built in suffering. And this is the second point I want you to write down. Faith is built in suffering. And here we can learn this by this desperate Father in verse 24. And here's the prayer I promised you that was the most important prayer I believe as a Christian that we can pray. And here it is, here He goes. I believe, Lord, heal my unbelief. I believe, Lord, heal my unbelief. The Gospels tell us that we are justified by faith. Then we're going to need to grow in our faith and our ability to stand firm and stay with God and be faithful. You know, in this, in this passage, really what's happening is that there are two healings going on. The boy, he, he's getting healed. He's being delivered. He's being freed. But at the very same time, there's a healing of faith that is happening. And this father who's been enduring the suffering is being healed of his unbelief. And so often we're so we're so like all we could see is like the suffering of our son or or whatever's going on. And we, we don't realize that there's actually something in us that God wants to do through the suffering of our son that God wants to do something in us as well. And He will use any hardship He can to start to chisel away at the things that would hold you back. Maybe it's unbelief, maybe it's fear. Whatever it is, when the chisel is in the hands of God and when you stand there and let Him do it, your life will change forever. James 1, verse two to four says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. 
But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. This Scripture is talking about a maturity and a completion. But what it's talking about is a spiritual maturity and a spiritual completion. And that comes from a growth in our faith. You see, the more we trust God and we have the kind of faith that will hold us in, the more we will grow spiritually mature and complete in Him. The more we would be able to outwork the Scripture which says, consider it pure joy whenever you face many trials of many kinds. You know, the weird thing is that I wrote this message, most of it laying down because of pain in my back. And I've got two bulge discs and it's not doing great. And it's been about five months of constant pain. And it's not fun. But because I have had other health trials in my life that I've had to endure and trust God for, it doesn't feel like that much of a big problem. I'm like, you know what, it's sore, yeah. But it's okay. God's got this. I've seen Him move in my life in this area before and He will do it again. He will do it again. I remember what He's already done and that will cause a faith in me to not be so consumed by it, but just to keep getting on with life, staying faithful to the call of God and write the message laying down if I have to. Because God has got this, I remember that. But I can tell you that this particular suffering paled in comparison to something else that I was enduring last year. And I remember coming to God with a whole lot more if you can kind of prayers. If you can help me, God. Because I didn't know I could trust Him in this area and it was an area in my life that I was like, look, you can do anything, but don't touch that. Don't touch that. There was something that God needed to get the hammer and the chisel out in my life and start to chisel away. Yes, you can trust me for all these things, but there's an area that I need to help you grow in your trust in. And so out came the chisel and the pain, and that's why my back just felt like nothing. <laughs> because we face trials of many kinds. And we face trials of many kinds so that we grow in our faith and in our maturity and our completion and in our ability to face any trial and know that God has got us in it and that we will be faithful to the things of God and the purposes of God in our life. It produces a perseverance and endurance in our life. And then it says that you must believe and not doubt. Now we need to understand that this is not talking about feelings and emotions. It's not that kind of doubt. Even God Himself, Lord, take this suffering away from me. When He's on the cross, Lord, why have You forsaken me? Like He's going through some feelings and some emotions. But it doesn't mean that He doesn't have faith and that He's doubting the goodness of God. He just doesn't like the situation. We're allowed to have feelings that make us feel like yo-yo sometimes, up and down and all over the place. That is okay. God has got you even in that yo-yo. He has got you and He is holding you. But what we don't do is doubt in the goodness of God.
That's what we don't do. Because that's double-minded. And that's what the Scripture is telling us. Hey, don't be double-minded. What it's talking about is saying, hey, it's not about just having a psychological certainty about something. It's having a spiritual integrity that would say, no matter what happens with the situation, even if it doesn't work out how I want to, my spiritual integrity would say that I remain with You, Lord God and I will be faithful to You. Because that is what God is looking for in His people. That is what He is looking for in His church. That is what He is raising up in His church for such a time as this, that we would be in a world that might be falling apart and morals and stuff going everywhere. But we would be a people that says, no matter what it looks like, I will be faithful. I will be still serving the Lord and I will be showing people the gold and the rubble along the way so that they they can see Jesus for themselves as well. He is looking not for gifted and talented people. He is looking for faithful people, people that endure till the end, people that stand and say, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve You, Lord. Come on, give God the glory for that. The joy that has been spoken about in the Scripture is not a feelings type thing. The biblical joy that we speak of here is an attitude and a heart disposition. The feelings, they come later. They might come quite a bit later. But there is something of joy when you are able to know without any doubt that God is a good God and He will use this for good. Even if I have to wait, He will use this for good. He will use this for good. Can we quickly grab some Scriptures? Um, there's three slides that are about to go up. You've got probably about 10 seconds per slide to get a photo of it. This is your take-homes. Because I really just think this is kind of a big subject and I just feel like we need to take something home. <laughs> um, so that when you face suffering, you can just pull this out and just be like reminded, okay, what are we gonna do here? Oh, 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 but, but too fast. So we've got, okay, we've got countdown five seconds, five, four, three, two, one. Go to the next one. Five, that was five seconds. 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And the next one, try not to get me in these photos. Five, four, three, two, one. Follow them away. Let's stand. Lord, we come before you, God, and we pray the prayer of the desperate Father. Lord, I believe. Heal me from my unbelief. Lord, I pray right now that You would birth a faith in us, a revelation of Your goodness that would hold us in times of suffering, that would allow us to be those faithful men and women of God that You are calling us to be. Lord, would You birth in us right now that revelation 
that full assurance, that trust in You that we can hold on to. Lord, would You give us an eternal perspective for our lives and for the situations, Lord God. Would You help us to see what You are doing in us in these times? Would You allow us to be open to the hammer and the chisel and ask You, Lord God, to search in us if there is any unclean way in us that needs to be removed. Lord, we are open before You. Have Your way in our lives, Lord God. We trust You, Lord. We trust You, God. And we thank You, Lord Jesus, that You are a good God.